Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 141, They Won't Take Responsibility. It's November 6th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and clearly podcaster. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. They won't take responsibility. Oh my heavens, a common, common situation. Let me take care of a few housekeeping notes before I dive in. Number one, I am thankfully, thankfully, thankfully out of rehab as of Thursday. I did get to the conference and give my speech on Friday from a wheelchair. First and last speech from a wheelchair. I beg, I beg, I beg. Um... And that went well, so I'm excited. I did get my professional pictures taken, although I'm not sure if I like them. Uh, If you are new to my content, I hope you will visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my giveaway. I'm not shipping, picking winners or having the winners picked. I don't actually pick the winners uh, until 2024, but why not enter? Because I promise you in 2024, I'll be massively catching up on shipping out uh, prizes. And of course, while you're there, download my free emotional processing workbook because it's free and it will help you. Now, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you feel suicidal, hopeless, in despair, or you just feel like you can't keep going, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. You are most likely feeling this way because of an adverse childhood experience or trauma in childhood or adulthood. And this can get all untangled and you can get freed up. There is help available. I hope you will take it. The next piece is for you to understand that nothing in this podcast, nothing I say in any of my oral written uh, transcript content, any content is designed to be medical or therapy advice. Your medical or therapy advice you should get from a licensed healthcare provider of which I'm not. I'm not even an unlicensed provider. I'm just me. All right. So the last housekeeping note is if you are in the deaf or hard of hearing community, I do have transcripts available for all of my podcasts. The transcript for this podcast will be up within 24 hours. And let people know if you know someone who's in the deaf or hard of hearing community, let them know I have transcripts because that might be helpful. It's also helpful to hearing people who can print the transcripts and review it, which is the original reason why I started doing transcripts before the lawsuit last year. I had transcripts for my podcast. Okay, let's go right into this. They refuse to take responsibility. What do I mean by this? Well, I actually think that you know exactly what I mean by this because it's very common, unfortunately. So this is when a person or a group, a family or an entity or an organization does something and then, or, or sometimes 
refuses to do something. So it's doing something or sometimes it's by omission. And then refuses to acknowledge the impact, the damage, the betrayal, or the problems that they have caused. Now, this is very common. It's like one of the most common situations, in my opinion, in the world. And this podcast is designed to help you if you're on the receiving end of that. Now, you might be on the doing end of that. And if so, I hope you get an insight on that you're the doer instead of the receiver. So this is really to get you thinking, thinking about your life and how you live it, because you can't control what other people do, unfortunately. Betrayal is extremely common in life. I just recently did a podcast about betrayal, being betrayed, conned, or hoodwinked. And that's uber common, Google common. And this is painful. So this is part of, or could tie off nicely with the being betrayed because lots of people, organizations, entities, families, etc., who betray others or somehow do something that's bad or wrong or hurtful or harmful, often refuse to take responsibility. And this includes, by the way, I really want to make this mention. This includes, by the way, some seemingly sweet people. And I say seemingly sweet because it's a false front. And some of the people I'm talking about use their emotions to bully, to bulldoze, or control other people. And because they might be an introvert, or they might be docile, or they might be quiet, uh, sometimes it's not as easy to pick up on the dynamic. So I do want to point out these seemingly sweet people. Now, some of them aren't docile. Some of them are extroverted. I mean, these, this comes in all shapes. But this is important for you to know. It's It comes in all shapes and sizes. Now, people who do this usually lack self-awareness and they can't see their own behavior for what it is. So let's talk about... Um, examples. So this becomes very, very clear. I want this to be very clear because this happens all over the place. So in a family, so there was a guy, I'll call him Peter. That wasn't his name, but Peter was telling me one, one evening that, um, his, one of his brothers had said repeatedly that Peter bullied him when they were growing up. And I was very shocked about this. I was actually stunned. I didn't know if it was true or not. So I said to Peter, well, did you apologize? Like, what did you do? And Peter said, well, of course I did not apologize, Lisa. I didn't bully him. It was just normal, brotherly, roughhousing and, you know, horsing around. And I said, oh, oh, okay. But to... Peter's sibling, he was bullied and bullied uh, on a, on a longstanding, um, for a long time. So there you have it. Peter, as nice as Peter is, Peter's a great guy. Peter's a great guy. Um, unwilling to take responsibility because in his view, it wasn't bullying or anything other than normal sibling roughhousing. Another example at work, a coworker blames you for a situation where your behavior was polite, appropriate, and professional. So here you have your behavior is polite, professional, and appropriate, yet they are complaining about you because in their mind, you have somehow wronged them. 
despite the fact that you behave professionally, appropriately and all that, they are, you know, going kind of wild about you and, and it's not appropriate. But are they taking responsibility for their actions? No, they're not taking responsibility. You're the scapegoat. You're, you're to blame. In another family environment, a mother or a mother-in-law gets upset over the fact of the name you picked for your baby. <laughs> it's not one that they approve of or like or for whatever reason. There's, there's some drama and they proceed to rain on your parade right after you've had a baby, causing, of course, lots of hurt feelings and drama and... Uh, tarnishing your experience of having a new baby. Now, this is actually common, and it's common not just for, you know, naming a baby, but, you know, engagements and weddings and baby showers and all kinds of family events. And they, in this case, a mother, mother-in-law refuses to take responsibility because their, their statement is, oh, this is how our family does it. Like, this is how our family does it. You get our approval before you name your baby. Well, maybe that's how they did it, or maybe that's how their parents did it, but they don't have the right to tell you how to do your life. So it's a it's crossing boundaries. It's, it's a lot. There's a lot of problems inherent in this, um, including having no boundaries. But you see, they're not taking responsibility. They're just not. Now, and if you confront them on it, oh boy, that'll you'll be like the wicked witch of the west because I have done that. I have confronted people on that kind of thing, and oh no, it's I'm I'm somehow evil now. Uh, in a club or group or organization, this also happens. So, for example, in a group or club or organization, uh, someone finds out that you're planning an event for a subgroup of the membership. So maybe a particular class or a particular year or a particular, you know, subset of the overall organization. And then they engage in a very public act of one-upmanship, one-upmanship, to set up a competing event, knowing that you are in the process of planning an event. Do they take responsibility? No, of course not. Because the people who do one-upmanship and that kind of competition, they're, they're not usually going to take responsibility. Now, in a platonic relationship, because unfortunately, this also happens in platonic relationships, which could be a friend, or it could be a family, close family or distant family, uh, or neighbor, um, so a person tells you for maybe many years or a decade or more than a decade to do, to take an action. So this person, whether it's friend, neighbor, family, whomever, it, platonic, is telling you they want you to do something, which you do not find uh, acceptable. You're not ready to do it. You don't want to do it. But eventually, maybe years down the road, you, you think, oh yeah, I should probably do that. And then... They drop you and won't ever talk to you again after you do the very thing they told you to do. I find that so ironic. But that happens. And do they take responsibility? No. No, they do not. Now, in an abusive relationship or an abusive marriage, and this is abuse, domestic abuse is extremely common. We typically are only tracking domestic violence because there's something to track there. But we have many, many more people who are stuck or trapped in domestic abuse where the violence isn't present. And so what happens there? Well, you kind of eventually wake up to the fact that your relationship isn't working out well, or it's not going well. And maybe you haven't learned about tactics of manipulation or triangulation yet, 
or maybe you haven't happened upon narcissism and all of that stuff, but eventually you realize this is just not going well and it's not good for you. Um, and so, uh, is the person who's being the abuser, is the abuser going to take responsibility? No, no, that is not what abusers do. Absolutely not. What you can do though, if you're in domestic abuse or, you know, in any situation, I really do typically suggest this gently is, you know, you could look at yourself and what was your role. So for example, I, I've had a role where I was too trusting, too naive, too altruistic, too much of a little bit of a peacemaker, maybe a people pleaser, and possibly trauma bonded with my abuser un, unbeknownst to me. And I certainly lack knowledge about tactics of manipulation, triangulation, narcissism, psychopathology, psychopaths, etc. So, you know, there were there were ways of how I was organized that made me candy to a predator. And that's helpful to know. Now that doesn't mean I'm going to, I have to change because I have decided I like myself. I like myself before. Uh, I'm not going to change and ruin my life, but you get the idea. So all of these behaviors of someone doing something, saying something or not doing or not saying, it's extremely common. It's all over the board. It's ubiquitous. And and that's the, what they do. So who refuses? Let's look at the set of population, the population who refuses to take responsibility. Well, there's a lot of different kinds of people, and I'm going to give you a few of the more common ones. So you can think about all the people who broke up a marriage or a relationship by cheating or infidelity. And did they make amends? Did they apologize profusely? Did they really take responsibility for their actions? In many cases, if not most, no. They do not. So the first one on my list is emotional reasoners. Now, emotional reasoners are a is a form of cognitive. It's a form of a cognitive distortion, which means emotional reasoners have a form of irrational thinking. And in my opinion, this is just an opinion. I don't know that we'd find this anywhere else other than my opinion. But I think of all the cognitive distortions. I think emotional reasoners are a little bit harder to sort out. I think they're a little harder to pick up on. I think you have to really kind of get in deep and get to know them before you can go, aha, they're using emotions to reason with instead of facts. Because if you bump up against an emotional reasoner and say, well, why don't you like X, Y, or Z? Or why did you make that decision? They're going to give you things that are just loaded with their emotions, but not factual. I mean, a factual reason would be, well, they stole all my money. That's a fact, if it is a fact. You know, not like, well, I don't like them. Uh, anyway, so emotional reasons are, are top on my list. It's followed by irrational thinkers of other kinds. There's many kinds of irrational thinking. And if you have irrational thinking, it means your thinking is warped or distorted or inaccurate. So would that lead you to take responsibility? No, it mostly would not. Next on my list is people who I am labeling have a fragile sense of self. So I've often called these people brittle, like just very brittle. Brittle seems to be the right word for them. Uh, people who lack low self-esteem or lack boundaries, that not having boundaries is a big problem, as you might have been able to hear in the example of the mother or mother-in-law who didn't like uh, their son or daughter's whatever baby's name. 
that's a lack of boundaries or it could be a measurement it could be other, it could be other things but lack of boundaries is is one of them probably entitlement people who are selfish self-absorbed or self-centered people who generally lack self-awareness people who lack emotional abilities having undistinguished expectations or perhaps unreasonable or unfair expectations which is also common and it's common with lots of people because we're not generally distinguishing what are our expectations. Narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, abusers, anti-personality, uh, anti-personality, uh, anti-social personality disorder are people who will not take responsibility for sure, absolutely, almost 100%. If someone gets triggered, then it's likely they would not take responsibility because they're not aware that they got triggered. And that that's not necessarily a bad thing, but hopefully they can sort it out and figure it out. Uh, people who are straight up bullies, and they might not have any diagnosis, but we have people in society who are mean and just bully and they can't even see what they do. A person or group or any entity that has made you to be the scapegoat. Anyone who uses triangulation which is a tactic of manipulation, people who are jealous, envious, resentful, or maybe projecting their negative emotions or the emotions that they're too uncomfortable with, projecting them onto you, not realizing that they are jealous, envious, or resentful. Because we have people who are so unself-aware. They, they are so lacking in self-awareness that they don't recognize that they're jealous or envious or resentful. Someone else might recognize it and say to them, oh, it sounds like you're maybe a little bit jealous of him or her. And they'll go, oh, no, no, no. Why would I be jealous of them? Oh. Uh, people who believe falsely that they are better than you. Uh, pe clearly people who are projecting and don't know it. And that happens however often. And people who cannot admit to a mistake or, or admit that they got something wrong. People who use their position of power or their role in life to kind of lord over others because that's what they do. Um, you know, it's, it's um, you know, some of these people, they think they know better than their spouse. They think they think they know better than their boss, the parents, the children, or, you know, whomever. So do, do good. The question is, do good people ever fail to take responsibility? Well, yes. It does happen, and it happens for some of the reasons I just gave. If a person becomes triggered and they are unaware that they've gotten triggered, they might take an action and then not take responsibility. I know I did that. Um, yeah, 2022. I couldn't figure out, though. I was like, why did I do that? Why did That's very unlike me. And then I realized... It was at least a month or six weeks later that I had gotten triggered. So then I got in touch and I apologized. I said, oh, I'm sorry. I did that. I got triggered because it was an abusive situation and that abuse triggered me and I apologized. So good people do sometimes fail to take responsibility. But hopefully if you're discerning and you're on the road to growth development, you're going to wake up and go, hmm, yeah, that wasn't so cool. Let's let's clean that up and apologize. So if you got triggered, just uh, apologize. So people get triggered. If you don't know you're projecting and figure it out, apologize. And understand that some people who have mental health problems are never, ever, ever going to apologize, no matter how severe, horrific, or wretched, or awful their actions were. 
So sometimes good people fail to take responsibility and the solution is grow and develop. Now, part of this whole issue of people failing to take responsibility in many or some cases has to do with power and control. So if you look on the web under the search engine keywords, power and control wheel, W-H-E-E-L, you will find a power and control wheel that is often used or most frequently associated with domestic abuse and domestic abuse websites and organizations. It is a very powerful tool if you're dealing with someone who seems to be on a power trip or is very controlling. I'm not saying that you're in a domestic abuse situation. You may or may not be. You may be and you may not have recognized it yet because that that is painful to admit to. It, that, some of this stuff is so painful. But it's that's a helpful tool because it outlines different behaviors. And even if you don't have domestic abuse, that's a good tool because power or control, power and control, are often underlying the issue of someone not taking responsibility. And, you know, for some people, they have power issues. They have control issues. So, so that's helpful to know. The next part I want to mention here is triangulation. Because <laughs> triangulation is a tactic of manipulation, which I covered in the uh, I've Been Betrayed Condor Hoodwink podcast. But basically with triangulation, you have three or more people. You have a group of people and one person's kind of the conduit of information and other people are isolated. So this is a great way if someone doesn't want to take responsibility and they basically are a liar or putting on a fraud or doing something malicious or nefarious that, you know, you don't, you don't have all the information because you're being told one thing and the other people are being told something else. So for example, so let's say you have, um, oh, a, a husband who is lying to his girl, grown children from his first marriage about his current wife. He's telling his grown children from his first marriage that his current wife does not want them to come visit, which in reality is an outright and total lie. But the grown children do not know that, nor does the current wife know that the grown children are being lied to because they're not talking to each other because of the triangulation. So it's a very effective tactic of manipulation and people are often not the wiser and they can't compare notes. And when we're dealing with the topic of not taking responsibility, you might often find some, you might find triangulation is involved. So the question becomes, what can you take responsibility for? Well, this is, this is a difficult question for many of us, especially if we're already in a painful situation. So you've already had something painful happen or not happen or whichever the case. And, and so then we have to add on someone's not taking responsibility, which it could be a massive betrayal or other painful, painful situation. 
and they're not taking responsibility. And now here I am asking, <laughs> what, what, what could you be responsible for? Well, it depends. So I am not talking about you taking any responsibility or blame if someone cheated on you or abused you or stole your money or did something bad to you or did anything horrible. No, I'm not talking about you taking responsibility for that. It is not your fault if you were cheated on, betrayed, if you were, if all your money was stolen. There are so many things that you have no skin in the game for. At the same time, not to minimize that, because the reality is some people are extraordinarily good at wearing masks. So they hide their true selves. And Bernie Madoff is a good public example, now that he's been prosecuted, although he's deceased now, of, of a man who hid a mask in public in plain sight and defrauded like 37,000 people out of billions of dollars. So it's not about you blaming yourself. No, no, no. We do not want to do that. And it's not about beating yourself up either. No, no, no. Please do not do that. But it's about learning about yourself it's about growing in your self-awareness so that you are the wiser so that you can look at yourself and go ah i see how i was candy for a predator because <laughs> i was candy for a predator and i came out on top because the same things that the predator picked me for are the same things that are my saving grace so this is an area where if you look inward, so I learned I'm too trusting. Am I still trusting? Yes, I am still trusting. I, however, I now have knowledge. I now have expertise about narcissists, about love bombing, about triangulation, about the tactics of manipulation, about psychopathology, in particular psychopaths, the psychopath checklist. I am really wise now, so it's going to be much, 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 much more difficult to pull the wool over my eyes because I have knowledge and wisdom, but I enjoy being trusting because that's part of how you get connected with people, and I love being connected with people, so I made a conscious decision. I am still going to be trusting. I'm just going to be more select and judicious and discern who deserves my trust and love, etc. So is it possible for you to take any kind of benefit out of whatever happened where someone isn't taking responsibility? Is it possible? Well, it's definitely possible, but that doesn't mean you're at the cause. And there are organizations, there are plenty of organizations, podcasters and people who say, whatever happened to you, it's your fault. You caused it. And I take issue with that from the standpoint, I don't know anyone who said, oh yes, abuse me, please, please bring it on. I want to be treated like crap. No, we have good people who give people the benefit of the doubt, who are loving and kind and turn the other cheek. And it takes them a while to get the number of the person who's wearing a mask. So I'm not a fan of say, this BS of saying, if you were cheated on, you brought it on. If you were betrayed, it's your fault. I just think that is garbage. And in my opinion, the research doesn't support it because what the research supports is you may you, you most likely had trauma as a child or an adverse childhood experience. You may be trauma bonded to the person who's abusing you. Yeah, so 
just look at is there something of value that would help you forward your life so when people won't take responsibility like the the this is a hard part of life it's a sad fact it is sad until we get to the point in society where we raise the self-awareness factor because to be honest with you these people who do the things in the examples I gave and in the examples you're thinking of listening to this podcast it is basically like they have thrown themselves under the bus they have run and flung themselves under the bus not knowing they don't know it now say going back to the example of the mother mother-in-law who gets upset about whether it's their son or daughter or whoever whomever that didn't consult with them before they named their baby there are plenty of people who recognize that's out of bounds that's unfair that's unreasonable even if quote unquote this is how the family does it it's bs but most people are not going to stand up to that kind of emotional bully and say you, the emperor has no clothes. You are full of it. You're not nice. You're, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's not what people do. So when someone take refuses to take responsibility for their actions or lack of and the impact on you, you can't do anything about them. But what you can do, because I mean, it's terrible, but what you can do is deal with yourself because the power is in you. And I am not a fan of allowing anyone, anyone or anything to ruin my life. I I won't have it. I'm not tolerating it. And I tell you, I've had a fair group of people who have tried. They've tried to ruin my life. They've been really unbelievably ugly and nasty. Like, I don't talk about these people, nor will I ever publicly or, you know, I just don't. But uh, yes, people have tried to ruin my life and ha ha on them. It did not work. So my suggestion is get on my team and don't let whatever someone's done to you that they're not taking responsibility. They're not apologizing for. They're not even sorry. Don't let that ruin your life. So to help you, the first really big nut where this falls under is dealing with your emotions. And this is where anything that's painful hard, sad, tragic, involves suffering, or any kind of pain, it falls under the emotional umbrella of the hard emotions, which concludes, by the way, anger, resentment, um, all that stuff falls under difficult emotions. But the problem in the world at this point is that we are not training people on how to deal with their emotions. Now, I'm not talking about if you go Google how to manage and process your emotions or steps to manage your emotions or steps to process your emotions, you're going to find a list that says punch a pillow, rip up a piece of paper, draw a picture, talk to a friend. You know, these are not bad things. Those are fine. There's, I have no issue with that list. My issue is what happens when you manage and process your emotions, it happens in your mind. That's where you manage and process your emotions. You know, it's not that it's not helpful to punch a pillow. It might make you feel a lot better. But there's still the internal in your mind part that has to be done, which is not being addressed out in the world and society, of which now I have several valid reasons why we might have skipped over this, which doesn't really matter. 
Um, at least I'm not going to get into it in this podcast because what I have done for you to help you is on my website, right below the Newsweek logo is a free downloadable emotional processing workbook. Now I've not been trained in this. I've not read anything in this yet. Apparently (laughs) last year through earlier this year, I have learned and we have confirmed I am the expert in managing and processing my emotions. Well, little did I know. How, how would a lay person know that you were good at something like that? I don't know how you would know. I had no idea. So in the past six to eight months or more in particular, uh, well, actually since 2022, we have been deconstructing how I manage and process my emotions, which is why my free downloadable workbook on emotional processing is on version 5.0 because I'm not exactly sure what I do. Well, I'm sure of the 20 plus pages that are on my website, we're clear about that. But I, I think there are other things that I do I'm not aware of. So as I manage my emotions about anything, I'm trying to catch myself. So for example, I had the massive, almost fatal car accident on Labor Day, September 4th of this year, two months ago. And as I was going through my uh, three plus weeks in the hospital and then in rehab, I was really paying attention to how I was managing and processing my emotions because of course, nearly being killed in a car accident is tra- is traumatic. And I had lots of emotions. And yes, I, I cried every day for the first, I don't know, five weeks, probably at least. Sometime, sometimes there were some days where I cried twice a day, but I limited it. I limited it to five to 10 minutes at a clip. So once a day, five to 10 minutes or on a bad day, twice. And I had no shame in that because it was appropriate. Tears are appropriate sometimes people, if you want to grieve out loss. And then I had a lot to be grateful for. So for you, what's going to help you the most right now? Well, I have some other suggestions, but would be for you to learn how to manage and process your emotions. That's a gift you give yourself. Now you can go buy a book for 25 bucks and it may or may not be a value. I have no idea. What we know about my content is that it is therapy approved and research-based. That's what we know. Approved by therapists and medical doctors alike. So we have some level of warranty that my content is reasonably decent and I'm not off the rails telling you something that's not going to hold up in the research in, in, in any way. So go download the workbook. It's free and start learning that what will happen. And it's not difficult. I just had a text today from someone I know who I had been kind of suggesting gently that they get the workbook and do it because I know them. And they texted me and said, Oh, it was, they did it and it was great. And it really was not difficult. It was surprisingly easy and very helpful. So that's the feedback uh, repeatedly so far. If you find, if you have different feedback, let me know. Now I will say, because this is a foreign idea for you, for some of you looking at the emotional workbook, it's going to seem foreign to you. It's not only going to seem foreign, it might even seem like you can't understand it. That's okay. That just means this is way far out of your, your, your comfort zone. And my suggestion would be you keep going back, you keep looking at it, keep reading it because this is too important. You may have, 
you know, a very serious handicap or emotional blockage, which might be why it comes, shows up as the workbook. You, you can't make sense of it. Trust me, if you have, you know, decent mental health and you can read, the workbook is, it's very logical, reasonable, rational, but you might not, you might have a reaction to it based on your psyche based on your mind, based on where your, your edges are. Now, I have a couple other suggestions for you because I know this is hard. So number one, the sooner you accept that, unfortunately, tragically, this is a part of life and start to deal with your own emotions about it, the more powerful you will be. Because these types of things where either somebody does something or says something or they don't do something or don't say something, can be just traumatic. It can be trauma. It can be so painful. And that's not, that's not for you, my people. For you, my people, it's about love and affection and having emotional skills and abilities. So that's number one. Accept it's part of life, but then go right ahead and just dive in and learn how to deal with your emotions. Number two, I strongly, strongly suggest that you make sure integrity is a foundation and key part of your life. And one of the reasons I suggest that is because integrity makes life magical. Like when you have, you do what you say, you do the things you promise, you will have a different relationship with people because people will find you appealing, attractive. I don't mean like <clears throat> physically attractive. I mean, it's a magnet to people when you are, you do what you say and people will find you trustworthy. So it's a great aspect of life to have integrity, but it's even stronger than that because when you promise to do something and you don't do it, there's a psychology uh, that your brain gets hung up on the incompletion things. So complete what you do, do what you say you're going to do, or at least get in touch and say, I said I would do X, Y, and Z. I can't do that now. So I wanted to apologize. And that frees up your brain from getting stuck in the loop of all the things you promised that you didn't do. My next suggestion always is to take the high road, <laughs> take the high road. You will feel better. You will not be throwing yourself under the bus. You will not have regrets that like taking the high road is really where it's at or not. You can go be vengeful or stoop to their level. My next suggestion is that you start to get on the road for rational thinking in the event you might not be rational. Don't be woe is me. I'm irrational. Don't be woe is me. I'm an emotional reasoner. Well, you can be like that. Go ahead. That's your life. But what I'm saying is if you have emotional reasoning or you're an emotional reasoner or you have some form of irrational thinking, you can deal with that. That can be changed. You're not stuck with it. Now, if you're the one who needs to take responsibility for something, then do it. Apologize, clean it up, you know, just get it handled. Now, I don't care if it was from a year ago, two years ago, or whatever. You will feel better by cleaning things up in your life. And there are some things that I've apologized for, you know, years later. Not to say that I wish I hadn't done what I had done because... I really think my life through. I think decisions out. That doesn't mean I don't make mistakes. I've made plenty, 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 plenty. But there are some things where I said to someone, I I couldn't see another way of handling it. And I, I understand that was very problematic for you how I did handle it. And I'm sorry. 
I'm not saying I'm sorry I did what I did because sometimes if you're like in workplace violence, you have to do what you have to do. Anyway, so clean it up if you're the one who needs to apologize. Uh, now, focusing on your own life and making your own life magical and amazing is a great way to deal with painful things. Life is always going to have some difficulties, some hardships, and some pain. So the more you focus, now I don't mean self-absorbed, self-centered focus. There's a difference. I'm And I do talk, I have a podcast on being self-absorbed self-centered or self-care. I'm not talking about self-absorbed or self-centered to the level where it becomes problematic and maybe indicative of a mental health problem. If you have problems in life, you do have to take care of them. I mean, I have, I, if you're following my podcast and you know all of my money was stolen and I was left with a lot of debt, I have big problems. But guess what? I'm dealing with my big problems, chipping away at them one at a time, bit by bit. But focus on making your life great and amazing. You'll feel better. It's wonderful. And people won't like it. People won't like you if you do that. I promise you that too. All right. Next, I suggest bring plenty of love and affection into your life. Platonic love or romantic love or both. You don't have to have romantic love if you don't want it. But I'm telling you, love, love, love. We know from neuroplasticity and other research, love and affection is good for your health, your mental health, your well-being. It's wonderful. My next to last suggestion is self-care and self-compassion. Now I'm talking about self-care and self-compassion uh, for you to, uh, you know, take care of yourself. And there's a lot that's involved in self-care and self-compassion. I do have podcasts on that. That will help you. And um, my last piece is about forgiveness. So the thing I want to say about forgiveness is you don't willy-nilly just go off and forgive people. I mean, in my opinion. Now, you can go off and forgive people, but what I recommend instead is that you deal with your emotions and you work through all of your emotions. And then when you get to a certain point, then you can have a choice about forgiving the other person, group, people, what have you, or not. Now, but you don't just like something terrible happens to you and you just go, oh yeah, I forgive them. Well, I mean, you can do that, but I think that's a little inauthentic. I don't think that's real and authentic. I think what's authentic is to go inside, use my emotional processing workbook to deal with whatever horrible, bad thing, painful thing happened. And then you come out the other side and then you can make a decision. And forgiving someone or some group does not mean you let them back in your life. It does not mean you are, you're approving or accepting what they did or didn't do in some cases. It means you are forgiving them as a person or group for having made a mistake and you're moving on and you're not carrying a grudge, which can be deeply painful and problematic as I'll be talking about in an upcoming podcast. But forgiveness is for you. It's all the benefits are for you. There are no benefits for the other person. They may think there are benefits for them, but really the benefits from the research 
is that forgiveness is for you. But you don't willy-nilly just run off and forgive people or be pressured into forgiving. You have to work through it. You have to do the work and then arrive at a space where it's appropriate and reasonable, you know, if it is. Now, I think in most cases, if you do the work, and sometimes there's a lot of work, if there's, if there's people in your life and they what they did that they won't take responsibility for is multiple traumas, that's very painful. That's hard and that's difficult. But if you do the work, then you can get to the point where you're forgiving yourself for whatever you did or didn't do and you're forgiving them and you can move on. Not necessarily taking them with you into your future, but at least you're not stuck in the past holding on to a grudge which can be like a poison so i hope that's helpful because boy oh boy we have unfortunately way too many people not taking responsibility for their actions causing problems and drama and all kinds of things that i'm like i'm all about peace people p-e-a-c-e i want my peace i want love and affection and happiness i want the good stuff i want to nurture and and help people none of this bs i'm like i'm like all done 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 with that so this hopefully was helpful to you and hang in there let me know what you need I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 141, They Won't Take Responsibility. I hope that you have gotten some new ideas on how to handle this problematic, painful, but yet common situation. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe so you get the new ones automatically because clearly you wouldn't want to miss one (laughs) and share this podcast on social media because this is a common problem that your people have. If you need some help, check me out on my website. I'd love to help you. I hope you're doing well. Hang Hang in there for now. Love you.